welcome to Nature Finds a Way, a pop culture biology podcast where we nerd out about biology facts and fiction in some of our favorite books, movies, and TV shows. I'm Lindsay, and she's Sarah, and we are marine biologists in recovery, and today we're talking about everybody's favorite film, Rescuers Down Under. This week we're joined by Lindsay's sister, Amanda, and we're super excited to have her because this movie is awesome, and Amanda's a big fan. We watch this a lot. Yep, and it was a great reason for me to watch this twice in the last three weeks. Yes, we definitely watched it again as sisters, and it was a nice uh, sort of um, to go back to it as adults. Yeah. So yeah, did you guys grow up watching this movie? Like, what what was your guys' experience growing up with this movie? I'm pretty sure. Like, I don't remember us actually having it. Yeah, um, I don't think we owned it. So, which is strange because I remember watching it a lot. But you know, like anybody who is our age has the memory of puffy Disney VHS movies. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. If they don't, then they don't have this memory. Yeah. Um, and so you know precisely which ones that you have. Like, I know we had Cinderella, but we didn't have Sleeping Beauty. Maybe but, um, we had it recorded off of TV or something on maybe. VHS. Yeah, so it might have been... Or maybe it was one of those ones we got, like, um, like bootlegged from Next Door or from our uncle or something like we yeah. had some random bootleg movies that were there's copied some from things. 90s pirating happening yeah <laughs> recording from one vcr to the other vcr yeah yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah so maybe it was that even though we all know that piracy is a crime and you wouldn't shoot a policeman <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly um yeah i think we had it but i don't think we had it in a puffy one i think we bought it as like a former rental from the rental store or oh, like from yeah. the video rental place because we did that a lot where you buy like the mm, super yeah we did that too rental. that's well the video man the video store man he gave us hercules because we rented it because so we rented it so many times <laughs> you like just have because you paid no one else movie. is renting it you just own it now <laughs> which is ridiculous why are other people renting hercules it is amazing oh, but so, so you you have amanda you have a puffy vhs of this because that's how we watched it yeah, and I also don't remember where I got that. I think there was a few <laughs> uh, puffy VHSs that I got from the farmer's market or a thrift store oh, somewhere, and I mm-hmm. got like four for $10 or something. Because nice. you're like one of the only people left in the world with the VCR. Exactly. I mean, I think I got my VCR for $10 off of Kijiji, and I probably use it more than our Blu-ray player. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. we did watch Little Big League last time I was there, and so it was totally Ooh. worth it. Yes, so we all watched this movie, and well, Lindsay and I watched it, and then Lindsay and Amanda watched it, yep. and just really remarked at how delightful it is, and it's like so what a good. return to amazingness it was for Disney. Um, yeah. So like, so sorry, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say like this was technically chronologically sort of right at the beginning of the like sort of disney renaissance of everything except Mm -hmm. that it kind of tanked at the box office not because it was bad but because it came out the same weekend as home alone Mm -hmm. so like it comparatively in the grand scheme of things didn't do well but that's not because it's a bad movie so yeah so it's a fascinating thing to think about because it was a sequel it was the only sequel that was part of the renaissance it was um, a classic sequel that's better than the original, which is like there's very rare um, ones of those. I don't um, even know if I've seen the original. I'm or sure. I think I saw it once. I have no yeah, concept of I have what no the plot was about. No. It doesn't um, matter. 
It doesn't it matter. Doesn't. This movie is incredible. So and it came out in 1990. So it was actually the second movie of the Renaissance, which mm, is, right. makes helps me make more sense of things because I always would get confused because I thought it was the four of them in the row. Right. But this yeah. one was between Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast. Um, and like, and the like, Sarah was looking into this while we were watching it. The Renaissance doesn't actually refer to box office, which um, was what I was always assuming. It's a type of animation, which yeah. you can see if you look at. Like, the way that the humans in this movie are animated, they look very similar to the humans in all other movies. Because the Disney Renaissance actually goes up to, like, 99 or 2000, like, with Brother Bear and stuff. Mm -hmm. Movies that you would not expect to be part of what the box office Disney Renaissance would be. So, it's actually really fascinating. It's more like that style of animation. Mm -hmm. Um, This was the first movie that was all CG. There was a lot of hand-drawn stuff, but like all the backgrounds and stuff yeah. were all CG. Or maybe mm-hmm. it's the other way around. But um, there, like every scene has some CG, which is really mm-hmm. cool that it was yeah. that long ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's what I think about when I won Great Mouse Detective. I'm like, that was mm-hmm. an old movie. Well, and if it came out at the same time as Home Alone, like they could have had some more CG in that movie for those poor, poor... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Robbers? <laughs> Poor robbers, yes. Getting smashed in the face. Yeah. I think the real important thing to say is that John Candy had a really good box office weekend. Yes. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Both movies. So, yeah. So this movie, as we said, came out in 1990. It stars Bob Newhart as the mouse uh, Bernard and Ava Gabor as the mouse Miss Bianca. And then John Candy as the albatross Wilbur. Um, And it basically involves the rescuers going down under to Australia to rescue this kid, (laughs) Cody, from um, a like bad villainous guy. bad guy who has like a he's a human and Cody's a human and rescue them from um, or rescue him from uh, McLeach who's the yeah. this like sort of hunter the, very stereotypical like evil Australian guy. yeah basically mm-hmm. and he's got a you know his various henchmen like Joanna the Goanna um, <laughs> probably one of my favorite characters yes completely. Completely. And then um, the reason that Cody gets, like, captured by a poacher, like, he's not really a kidnapper, but because um, Cody finds this super rare golden eagle named um, Marahute. Yeah, so he goes for a ride on Marahute. Marahute, like, rescues him from falling off a cliff, and then he finds Marahute. And then um, the bad guy, like, realizes that somebody's found this super rare golden eagle or giant golden eagle or whatever. Yeah. Um, so this yeah. is what my first question, which is, uh, I'm sure, like, did everybody think golden eagles were actually super giant their entire lives? No, but I did think they were actually golden. Oh, yeah. okay. That's fair. <laughs> They're like light brown. Yeah, yeah, I've seen one at the Calgary Zoo. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, they're very beautiful birds, but not real gold which was kind of no. disappointing the first time mm-hmm. i saw them yep. in real life yeah because yeah, and i saw them taught me that they were made yeah of gold. and i saw it i was like uh this bird is not big enough to ride yeah yeah that's yeah. the other disappointment though yeah. yeah so there's a lot of um interesting disney stuff and with the beginning of this movie like cody can talk to animals not all animals can talk to him like marahute can't talk uh, yeah joanna never talks but she completely understands everybody um yeah, and the mice so, all talk. The mice, the mice all talk. All talk. Um, so it's like this whole, this weird rules of Disney animals, which yeah. is fine. But then also, yeah, the beagle is giant and mm-hmm. Cody rides her like Buckbeak or Toothless. Basically, like that's the proportion size yeah. of Cody and the flying animal. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so... Yeah, yeah, so yeah, so actual golden eagles have a wingspan of like 1.8 to 2.3 meters, um, and they are pretty big. Like they weigh, you know, two and a half to three kilos, which is big for a bird. Or no, that's the smallest one. Um, they weigh four to six and a half kilos, roughly, or nine to 14 pounds, which is like really big for a bird, but not big enough for a like nine-year-old child to ride. Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> so unless he was a very tiny child, but I think he's supposed to be I think normal. he's normal. I don't yeah. know. He he changes size a lot, and oh, so yeah. does everything else. Like, the, her eggs change size proportionally to him yes. a bunch. And, oh, yeah. And, like, yeah. those eggs are, like, massive at some points, and then yeah. otherwise... and then normal Less size. massive. So, yeah, mm-hmm. so I looked up the, like, largest extinct eagle, which was the Hosts eagle from New Zealand, and it was big enough to prey on the extinct moa, um, which are sort of emu ostrichy type birds that are also now extinct. So um, they both went extinct in like the 13, 1400s when the Maori came to New Zealand and hunted the boa to extinction. And then as a result, the host eagle uh, went extinct. Um, And so they're pretty big, but they're not, they're still not like I would consider buck beak size. They think they probably were up to 15 kilos or 33 pounds um, with a pretty small wingspan relative to their size, like a wingspan of about two and a half meters. So not super massive, but they did have huge talons. Um, I found a photo of a recreation based on skeletons that is fairly terrifying. Um, so yeah, we'll put that photo in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and you can see like how big it is if you sort of imagine that the moa is approximately the size of an emu. Um, very large, terrifying bird with huge talons, but still not necessarily large enough for a nine-year-old kid to ride on. Um, yeah. So, you know, Disney magic, though. Disney magic. Mm-hmm. Also Disney magic is this is takes place in a magical land of Australia, Uluru-esque, but covered in vegetation. Like, Uluru's there, and it's just all vegetation. Everywhere. Yeah. There's, there's no jungle rainforest situation anywhere near Uluru. Like, you're looking at a, like, day-long drive to get anywhere with... Yeah. It's right forest. in the middle of the outback, is it not? Yes. Yep. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, so just, there's yeah. not there's a no, lot. Yeah. There's nothing. No. There's nothing there. But and maybe, so, and it, maybe it wasn't really Uluru. Maybe it was just some other big rock in the middle of nothing. Oh, no. giant plain. <laughs> Yeah. And then, you know, it's Uluru, it's Rescuers Down Under, but um, there's only one character out of the entire movie that has an Australian accent. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think there is one kangaroo that sort of sounded a little Australian. Oh, yeah. It might have been kind of more British. Yeah. 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 And the actor that plays um, the kangaroo rat or the kangaroo mouse? Kangaroo Mouse, we'll get there. Jake. Anyways, that actor is the only Australian actor. I'm probably going to cut yeah. that piece. Um, yeah. Yes. Okay. So after the kidnapping, we go to the awesome, um, basically, um, Beacons of Gondor um, <laughs> section of getting the message from Australia to New York, which is um, fun and cute and also contains lots of... Um, Maybe cultural inappropriate uh, costumes on mice. Probably, yeah. <laughs> also in the UN, the mouse UN, also lots of inappropriate <laughs> mouse costumes. Yeah, very stereotypical costumes. But And then we get to everybody's favorite part, which is pea soup. Yeah, that is definitely <laughs> the best part of 
maybe any Disney movie, and I think it's probably the most quotable, considering yeah. Stuart did not, Stuart being my husband, did not watch this movie with us, but yet he was saying pea soup to our baby literally <laughs> yesterday for, with no prompting. Like, yeah. <laughs> Out of context. Yeah. I Out think the context. best part is watching it now is that the pea drops into this, bu- this um, pot, and yeah. then the grasshopper picks up a f- like two fistfuls of salt and puts that in the pot with the pea and then soup is made. And yes. I was like, that's, a, that's like gross. Yeah, yeah, I didn't really do my my research on how pea soup is actually made. So I don't know how accurate that. Uh... It, it, it takes, well, I mean, for that volume of soup, maybe you only need one pea, but it takes more than just mixing peas and salt. salt. <laughs> you might need some liquid. <laughs> Probably maybe, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Maybe there might have was, been liquid in there. Yeah, I was going to say, knows? maybe there was already pea soup and they just added one more pea just to yeah. make it fresher sure. tasting. But, know. like, if you go, for, if you look at the how pea soup was made, it was because a real, a human waiter dropped a pea. Like, who knows what the hell is in that soup? How clean is this floor of the restaurant that has mice all over it? Like, <laughs> so grasshoppers are making food for mice. This is another thing that I'm not sure really tracks in actual biology, if I'm correct. I mean, I don't have a biology background. You guys are the experts here, so. (laughs) I have not come across that in any of my biology books, no. I I can tell you that crickets and grasshoppers do not cook food. Um, (laughs) Yeah, okay. But I, I, I could probably say that if a cricket or grasshopper, like, partially ate some food, or maybe pooped out something that a mouse would potentially eat it yeah you know we'll call that halfway plausible sure i'm I'm really stretching here but yeah um crickets are so then we yeah so then we meet um bianca and bernard Mm -hmm. and then we go and meet wilbur who's adorable because he's john candy and it's a very similar thing to lots of other of these kinds of roles in the 90s of like they gave a comedian a microphone in a recording booth and then did everything afterwards is my guess yeah i was definitely wondering how much of his lines were improvised um yeah they they definitely had some back and forth jokes so yeah Yeah. he reminded me a lot of uh buddy hackett in the little mermaid Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. probably the animation yeah the animation and i think this is from my childhood as well both of them being big white birds that yep. they just always were connected in my brain. Mm-hmm. In yeah. the great Dis- the great Disney universe. Exactly. exactly. They're, they're they're buddies. <laughs> yeah. They're buddies. Um, yeah, no, John Candy's just delightful in this movie. One thing I was curious about, uh, and I wanted you guys to answer this for me as biologists, can Albatross actually do a spit take? Oh. <laughs> um... <laughs> So, as I know from my... Uh, Not with cream soda. As I know from more. my knowledge of belugas, to spit, you need flexible lips, and birds do not have flexible lips. Yep. <laughs> but, yeah. Mm-hmm. But they can... So they definitely regurgitate, because yeah. that's yes. how bird all birds feed. You know, that's why you call it um, feeding your baby bird um, when you feed your baby sometimes. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not spit. Not, no, not projectile. Not, 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 not in the humorous way that John Candy did so eloquently. In, no, uh, correct. They sort of, yeah, there's more correct. of a regurgitating situation. But yeah, they can, they can get liquidy things to come out of their mouth, but not, 
<laughs> not in that way. <laughs> um, in terms of an albatross being able to logistically potentially fly from New York to Australia, that seems pretty plausible. Like, oh. they're really good flyers. I mean... Yeah, but it would take a long time. It would take time. a really long time, but like... It I, would not be efficient It would be for fine. Them. Yeah. Um, but they're really amazing flyers because they basically spend their whole life flying except for when they mate or nest and mm-hmm. like... That's pretty much it. Yeah. yeah. So the the problem with this movie, if you're going to make the albatross migration part, um, not migration, they don't, the albatross uh, trip part more accurate would be that they wouldn't be, they wouldn't go to land yeah. between New York and Australia. So Bianca and Bernard would have a horrible time <laughs> yeah. um, because they would be on his back while he was in the ocean. Yeah. Like, and also and then, like, like feeding, which would be a lot of diving. And, mm-hmm. and he wouldn't, um, he wouldn't fly over North America. He'd. They, they really don't like to fly over land. They almost always just fly over open ocean. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that yeah. would also be the other problem. But So they did a good idea with putting them uh, inside the plane. Yes. Yeah, yeah very wise. Yes. Um, and then they land, and we get to everybody's second favorite um, animal crush from the Disney universe. <laughs> well, we can debate this all night if you want. That's true. I'm well. Okay, to... we'll just say everybody's first crush. We all know, and I'm talking chronologically. First of all, yes, it makes much more sense chronologically, um, yes. depending on what order you watch the movies in. But chronologically, from Disney movies, yes. Second most crush, or second released crushable animal. Yeah, yes. true. True, true, true. Sorry, what was the first one? Robin Hood. Robin Hood, okay. I didn't, yeah. didn't actually <laughs> say that. We didn't. We just we assumed. Didn't. It's, a, it's a long-running uh, joke that Sarah and I have. But yes. Oh, well, I'm a newbie, so you'll have to forgive me. Sorry. That's yes. true. So yes, we meet Jake the, they call him a kangaroo mouse, but. They don't act, like, they call him a kangaroo mouse in the IMDb trivia. Oh, okay. And, but they, like, I don't think he's ever credited, and they never refer to him as a kangaroo mouse. Yeah. Because they live in Nevada, as I learned mm. doing this research. Um, so he could be a hopping mouse or a rat kangaroo, which is a horrible way of naming things. They well, should have switched hopping, that around. Well, are hopping mice actually mice? Because rat kangaroos are not... Um, Yo, hopping mice are actually mice. Rat kangaroos are marsupials. Yes. They're also known as batongs. um, And they're teeny tiny wallabies, basically, with really long tails. Yeah, so I'll put put links to both of these and maybe we can have a social media vote because they kind of both could be it and kind of not. Like, you know, because of the way that Rescuers works, you assume that he's some kind of mouse because he's part of this mouse brigade of saving the world. Um, and not a marsupial, but who knows? Yeah, I'm going to go with Hopping Mouse because, yeah, I like the idea that they are all rodents. Because isn't it, they're the, like, RA, like the rodent mm, air yeah, force they have or a, something? RAF or... Yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah part so. of the, the Mouse United Nations or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yes. But and we never really see, like, he has feet like a kangaroo, but he does not have any kind of a pouch, I believe. But I think he's also wearing a shirt of some kind, so Mm -hmm. maybe it's hidden. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? So, maybe a hopping mouse. Do male marsupials have pouches? I should know this, but I do not. (laughs) I don't think they do. I don't think so. Anyways. But, marsupials are confusing, so I can't keep them straight, because they they got eggs, and they got pouches, and they've got... They're, they're very... They're crazy mammals. Special. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crazy mammals. 
Um, so as much as this movie has like a pretty big focus on mice, there's also so many other animals. So we mm-hmm. made the executive decision to save our normal mouse discussion for another episode. Yep. <laughs> there's lots of so, pop culture with mice in it, indeed. so we'll get there. Unless, Amanda, you have specific mouse <laughs> questions, facts, inquiries, etc. Observations. Um, no, I don't think so. Uh, I just have another comment about the other mice that we see. Um, oh, I don't know creepy. if we've gotten to that part of the movie yet, but when the mice doctor and the tiny, terrifying mice nuns show up to oh help my God. Wilbur yeah. with his back, um, was so everyone weird. else haunted by that for several yes. years in their dreams? Yes. Yes, and it makes no sense. Like, I guess they just don't want Wilbur to go with them, so they have to make their slow way so Jake has to go, like, plot contrivance. But yeah. it's so strange, and it does, like, nothing for the movie whatsoever, and it just creeps the crap out of me. And, like, yeah. those nurse those nurse mice could be normal-looking mice. They don't need to be, like, dead-eyed, creepy mice. Oh. No. Yeah. And then he's got the mice... Sorry, the mouse doctor has, like, a weird, longer nose. Is he maybe a shrew or something like that? Maybe. Um, But he, uh, yeah, like, shoots Wilbur with needles. And, uh, yeah, I think nine-year-old Amanda was terrified of that scene. It's so creepy. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. But, I mean, there has to be kind of a scary part, like... So that you I don't know. There's some scary parts with um what's his face. Well, Batman. so McLeach, the poacher basically tortures the small child for that is a true. large part of the ending of this movie. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That would be sufficient. We've watched too many Disney movies to be affected by this, I think. <laughs> yeah. True, true, true. Um, um Yeah, so they go on their journey and we leave them in a boat. So I do have one comment before we leave is that mm. they packed a lot of clothes and had no clothes changes throughout the entire movie. No. So the, all those suitcases were for nothing. Yeah, like they packed some practical clothes, especially like Bianca packed, you know, jungly safari kind of clothes and then never wears them, which nope. is sad for her. Mm-hmm. But I love Bianca, so I'm, that's fine. Oh, she's the best. <laughs> she's got great agency. Yes. She's, she's delightful and just like doesn't put up with any crap. Nope. Um, okay, so probably one of the next ones we meet is Joanna the Goana. Um, so I wanted to ask about Joanna. How big are they in real life? Goanas so. are lizards in um, that live in Australia, Southeast Asia, and it's sort of it's not a specific um, species. It, it often it's sort of a common name for a bunch of different ones. And it- so the largest goana, the Parenti can be over two and a half meters, yeah. eight feet. Um, but there's also a small one that can that is twenty centimeters. Oh, so cute! And do they um, actually eat eggs? Yes. Uh, yeah. Varanous lizards yeah. often eat eggs, um, but they they'll eat almost anything also. Um, but yeah, there are some uh, goana that are. Were you thinking of uh, monitors? Yeah, this, yeah. Monitor monitors are a part of goannas yeah. in Australia, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so monitor lizards. So. Uh, a lot of them are exclusive egg eaters, and then a lot of them are sort of opportunistic egg eaters as well as eating and basically anything else. So, so yeah, they do that cool. in the comical way where Joanna obviously keeps stealing the eggs from the box on the shelf when he's yes. moving it back and forth. I would expect that to be accurate they, for real life. They yeah. they only eat eggs in a comical way. 
Yes, exactly. of course. Exactly. <laughs> and then gnaw on rocks um, when yeah. they're supposed to be eating the eggs. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they have been switched out for rocks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Joanna is the best, and I love her. Yes. She also and... doesn't talk, which I find interesting. Yeah, I think it's character. probably because she's a villain, and if she could talk, then um, like it would ruin some of the plot points, maybe? And the drama. I'm not sure. And the drama. And she's yeah. also supposed to be a pet. Of McLeach, mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah, so that might be some of it. She's kind um, of like um, Flotsam and Jetsam a little bit in the Little yeah. Mermaid yeah. with Ursula, and I think mm-hmm. a lot of that, yeah, is like the face shape and stuff, sort of that like mm-hmm. snouty. Yeah, the eyes do really, yeah, they do really look the mm-hmm. same. I'm just thinking about villain sidekicks. Yeah, she's a good they one though. The other, there's all, the yeah, pug uh, all... in Pocahontas, but I think he's not. Really he doesn't a talk. He's just adorable. Yes. Yeah, he's just a dog he's that just... gets dressed up by his fancy yes. man. But yeah, there's yeah the eels, Flotsam and Jetsam, and there's the hyenas. Right. And there's Iago. Yep. I love um, Iago. And then there is uh, Pain and Panic. Yes. Yeah. So good. Yes. Oh. Hercules again. We go. must go back to all the time. Remember when all the, girl, the guys were named Timothy and all the girls were named Brit- Brittany? <laughs> Oh my goodness. Goodness. Anyway, Joanna's great. Classic Disney evil sidekick. Yes, but like pretty biologically legitimate, except Mm -hmm. for like being a good pet because they're pretty terrifying. (laughs) Yeah, Um. and obviously she's got some anthropomorphizing, but that's how it goes. Yeah. But yeah, she's pretty good. Yeah. She's portrayed as pretty dumb. Do you know if they're pretty intelligent in real life? Eh, um, I mean, I've never looked after large um, monitors, but I have looked after a relatively small one. Um, and it was, I wouldn't say, like, smart, clever, but they are, like, wily and fast. Like, uh, really, yeah. like, she, very She fast. is really fast, yeah. yeah. And but wily. Yeah, but she yeah. does, like, mm-hmm. eat rocks instead of eggs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would say the ones that I looked after, yeah, like, we would feed them usually, like, live earthworms from a pair of tongs, and if they they would like keep trying to get more worm and then try to eat the tongs. So yeah, okay, that tracks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. with Joanna's yeah. character. <laughs> yeah, like, but what do you mean? There's no worm on these tongs. Well, yeah, whatever. I'll eat it anyways. And then you're like, yeah, mm, yeah don't eat the tongs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like that. That was why you never like, you know, because like usually you could like sort of throw a worm in with your hands, but not with no monitors. No. Chomp, 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 chomp. Bye bye, hands. No, thank you. Yeah. Um, okay, so then we go downstairs and we meet everybody's favorite. I know I already said Joanna was my favorite, but this is the best ever. And I love him. I mean, yeah. we used to say his lines so many times that our mother made us. Banned it. Yeah, she banned it was us one of from the, saying the banned lines. lines. So this is the character of Frank. So we must have had this movie because we like where else would we have been saying this from? But anyway, yes, we said howdy, howdy, howdy around the house too many times, and we had to get a band. Yeah, yes. So if you don't, if you are unlike us and have not recently rewatched or watched it many times, Frank is a frilled lizard um, called a chlamydiosaurus, um, or like a frilled dragon, frilled lizard, and they live in northern Australia and southern New Guinea, and they are rad. <laughs> Basically, they yeah. have giant neck frills, just like Frank in the movie, and I love them a lot. Um, I do not know they if use they their are neck good. frills for umbrellas or parachutes, <laughs> like Frank does. Of course, uh huh, uh huh. Um, 
I'm gonna go with their neck frills are mostly for scaring away predators. Humans? <laughs> Sorry, wrong movie. <laughs> or for um, temperature control. So, oh, like, mm. they can, you know, uh, mm-hmm. keep from overheating because, as we know, lizards are cold-blooded, so they absorb heat through their environment, but that also means they can just as easily overheat as underheat, basically. So they don't really, they can't regulate their temperature with their metabolism, so they have to use other ways, like um, a large spread-out neck frill that would help dissipate heat. Mm, Um, So cool. Yeah. So Frank is also portrayed as quite unintelligent. That's sort of his whole shtick. Uh, How are they in terms of intelligence? Um, I'm going to go with yeah, not great, but also I think like I think Frank probably has had some like head trauma. <laughs> yeah. Lack of oxygen, so. something like he's the most something. delightful character because he's so suggestible. Like anyone yes. just yeah. tells him one thing and he's like, I'm doing that. Yeah. And he's, and get he's the box. So excited about it. I'll get the box. Get, get some the box. Yes. Get someone to stand on and gets the tiny piece of wood. The tiny piece of anything. wood. Yes. Which I think as a small child, that was the funniest bit to me. It's so Standing funny. on like a piece of wood that's like a centimeter thick. That really flies with yeah. Basically, yeah, yeah, seven, eight-year-olds. He, he stands on the lid of the box rather than the box. Um, yeah. The box. Yeah. No, so it's like also down there um, is the kangaroo that's kind of Australian. And then the koala. Amanda, you looked it up. He was like this old man voice actor who has been in a ton of Disney stuff. Do you remember who it was? I don't, but I can look it up. He uh, was very depressed and um, mm. also really funny. Yeah, I was talking about turning Frank into a, a purse. <laughs> yes. Or basically how they're all going to leave as purses. Yeah. Or wallets. I think it's Douglas Sale. Sale. I don't know how you say his last name. Yeah, he's a classical british actor he played the sultan in aladdin yeah that's who it was okay yeah i was like i knew he had like a famous role which is why you recognized because his voice yeah i I had to look him up because i recognized him yes that makes sense yeah yeah so that's really random and cool but yeah and i like that they just let him do his regular accent rather than like a fake australian accent um Mm -hmm. the only actual australian actor is the one who plays jake everybody else is not not um, which, which is extra funny because Jake has like the super stereotypical like comically Australian accent, but I guess mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if he was putting it on or if that's how he actually talks. I have no idea. I hope the latter, yeah. because mm-hmm. it's funnier that way. Because <laughs> it's funnier. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, um. So then the mice get to them, and then there's the big uh, climax where they're at Croc Falls, and again, like as you said, uh, McLeach, like basically like hangs him over the falls and shoots him. Yeah. Which is real dark. Yeah, he's not a great person. No. No. No, and the like the falls seem like it's super different, but in terms of like cause of it than in Lion King. But it's also mm. like stylistically super similar, like the falling into a dangerous cavern, like in terms of plot and like animation yep. look. Yeah, it, I, it felt really similar to that in like yeah. to the yeah the Lion King one. So so another yeah. biology question for you: If something was dangled over uh, a river or something like that, would the crocodiles actually sort of hang out underneath? I don't know how much they. I don't think so. That's hang out very in groups, ener- energy inefficient. Um, it would depend how hungry they were, right? Like if yeah, they yeah. were really if they were hungry enough, then yeah. 
Um, do they hang out in groups? Yeah, I think they just don't really care about each other. They kind of just... Yeah. More there. Yeah. They'd probably... Yeah, they would definitely fight over him mm-hmm. after... If he got fell in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but, but yeah, well, like, that's that such seems... a, like, notorious scene of, like, hanging someone over a pit full of crocodiles. But I just didn't know how accurate that actually was. Yeah, I would say, yeah. like, it would be more likely for um, for them to be really hungry in the dry season, like, in the low water season. Because mm-hmm, they're, mm-hmm. Be- they're better water hunters than land hunters. Like, they're pretty terrible land yeah. hunters. Um, so the fact that it's high water season is pretty unlikely. It's kind of the same with like piranha, for example, like everybody talk, you know, like you go swimming with piranha and they eat you, but in the what in the wet season when there's lots of water, there's lots of fish and so they're like pretty chill, but in, when there's hardly any water, they are really hungry. So, um I think it's kind of similar situation for um crocodiles and stuff. But yeah, it didn't like super strike me as unrealistic, but yeah, they would there would be more fighting like in fighting between them. Because, yeah, like, I have also looked after a very small species of crocodilian, and we would, like, separate them during feeds, um, not, like, not with a barrier or anything, just, like, put them on opposite sides of um, their enclosure uh, when we fed them. And then also, anytime we had to go into the enclosure, we dropped the water so that they were in, like, the, lo- the least amount of water that they could handle um, to keep us safe. Yeah. Things I don't miss. <laughs> no kidding. Because it was like 30 degrees in there and oh, 90% yeah. humidity. <laughs> Things I do not have to deal with as a music teacher. Yes. <laughs> Gosh, I hope so. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. I think I'm doing my job wrong if I have to deal with that. Yep. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, so then Bernard saves the day, which is great for yes. him because he was like this bumbling guy and it was a classic love triangle plot contrivance of Jake being so dreamy and uh, capable, but Bernard wins the day, and yes. he finally gets to propose to Bianca, and it's adorable. Yes, yeah, he was about to propose when they got pulled off on their mission. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I liked that, you know, like, yes, Jake was charming and handsome, but, like, she, she's not swayed by that because she loves Bernard. No. Like, exactly. Yeah, it was never yeah, even like, a consideration for her. No. Yeah, she didn't have any, like, batting eye moonlit gazes at yeah. him or anything and i don't think he just wasn't like, he wasn't like overly flirtatious with her just like normal charming person right yeah like, mm-hmm. i think he mess. definitely was interested like i remember there being some stuff of like him trying to impress her or push bernard out of the way but it wasn't overdone in any way right yeah 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 i think it was pretty just well done giving it a shot and then realizing mm-hmm. Meh. yeah yeah Good yeah um and then Cody's fine, and then it just kind of... Oh, they go back... Yeah, they're rescued, and then it just kind of ends with um, Wilbur on the eggs, and then the eggs hatch, which is adorable, but, like, nothing else happens, and they never go back to rescue Frank, which is (laughs) concerning to me. Yeah, I never thought about that. (laughs) I know, I just realized it the other day, and I was like, and, you know, like, like, are they getting fed? Joanna, like, can Joanna get back there? She's down on the... Um, in the river, oh, but she yeah. doesn't go over the falls, but she's down there. Like, she's gonna get eaten by those angry crocodiles. Maybe they said yeah, who didn't get any food. totally doesn't make it in a very no, unpleasant no. way. Very. In a very classic Disney villain way, he falls yes. to his yes. death, like most Disney villains. Um, maybe the mice send, like, a secret message to, like, the human, like, wildlife control or something to go and oh, deal with To go with the rescue animals. them? Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. We'll just, or probably we'll Cody that. would. 
Yeah. Cody would send the oh, Rangers because yeah, he's all Cody about would, the yeah. Rangers are going to come rescue me. So he would probably mm-hmm. get the Rangers <laughs> yep. to get Frank yep. and the other yeah. animals out. And then Frank would totally have to live at his house because he can't be. Oh, yeah. No. no. <laughs> Cody has a lot of cool pets now. <laughs> Yeah. Well, he already had a bunch of friends in the forest that, like, exactly. told him about oh, it's true. Uh, Marihuche yep. at the beginning that he yeah. could talk to. And so yep. Frank can go live with them and yeah. survive <laughs> in, with his maybe. very adorable the, lack of intelligence. The, the magical Disney part of the forest. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, actually, the whole forest we decided is magical because of its proximity to the outback. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Lush. And it's and very lush. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Uh, geography. Australia is a mm-hmm. bigger country than I think most Americans assume. <laughs> yep. Yes. Very large. Um, I think that's all, covers all of my notes. Um, does anybody oh, yeah, say? except you you did find what Marahute means looking well, at those notes. I, I found Maybe. what one person posits that Marahute could have been from, which is from, means deathhood in Sanskrit. Um but I don't think that really makes any sense. No. <laughs> no, I was, nobody seems to know. Google is just like, do you want to go to this Disney Wicca? And I'm like, no. no. Um, the the Maori, because uh, I was like, oh, maybe it's based on the Maori name for the Haas seagull. But they are pretty sure that the uh, Maori people referred to the Haas seagull as um, uh, Puakai, um, P-O-U-A-K-A-I. Um they're pretty sure um, because they were like in legend, they kill humans. So, which is also possible oh. given their size. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no kidding. So, um, yeah, but that it doesn't sound anything like Marahute. So who knows? Yeah, and yeah, maybe it does it's come from the Sanskrit. So it's like Mara means death in Hindu, and then Hute is derived from Hood or Hood in Hindi. Um, yeah. And this definition is confusing because it can, it mm-hmm. uses Sanskrit, Hindu, and Hindi to mean yeah, the same uh, language, to, and the language is Hindi. And combine the word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not Hindu. Yep. So, the religion no. or the people are Hindu and the language is Hindi. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it's just, it was probably a name that they just decided on. Yeah, like they thought it sounded cool. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, unless there's like a Native American sort of aspect there with like the animators or something i don't know it just sounds like a yeah. cool name yeah it's a cool name but i feel like it was 1990 it's been almost 30 years <laughs> um like and the internet you know is a thing and disney with wiki is a thing like i'm sure that somebody would have figured it out by now like if it had been an anim like an animator decided to do this because it was something something yeah to Disney's acknowledge called his dog yeah yeah, yeah. like that would have like pe- we would have known that already so but that could be it's interesting like there's no knowledge whatsoever but yeah like it's named it because it it is a cool dog now like it sounds like a cool dog yeah name. it would be a cool dog name especially yeah. if it was a golden lab yeah, yeah that's a good idea so but not maybe actually it's... golden nope <laughs> so disappointing yes. that's what i learned <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope we taught you some a couple of other things. Yeah, some great biology questions. Indeed. Well, yeah. I have the biology background of a musician, so I know literally nothing. <laughs> well, you you grew up with a biologist, so you had to. That's true. I do know a lot about whale related things. I know what the word cetacean means. How's Good that? job. There you go. Um, That's more than a lot of people. I can cut this if the answer is no. But do you have any music thoughts about this movie? 
Oh, um, I didn't write anything down and I don't really remember much about the score. I mean, other than just being disappointed that there's no songs mm-hmm. uh, in general, I always, I remember growing up and thinking that all Disney movies should have songs. And so this one always sort of stuck out as weird to me that it didn't, but then, you know, more Disney movies without songs started coming along. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, it became less weird. This is also a really short movie. Like, it's an hour and 17 minutes. So, like, it doesn't feel like it's missing songs because it's so short. Like, yeah, it's a a tight chip, this movie. Were there there songs in First Rescuers? I don't think so, but I have only seen it probably once when I was... Yeah, I don't know. uh, Probably after I saw this one, to be honest. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I like the, the, the score... Um, and then at the end, there is the like the main rescuers theme, which like I wouldn't recognize as anything except from this movie because I don't I'm not familiar with the other one. But they were gonna make more, but then Eva Gabor died, so oh. which is sad. But like they may not have after this one did so badly in quotation marks, and they were distracted by making um, Lion King one and a half. Yeah, well, so, but so maybe was... we can have another Disney Renaissance with the mm. release of Disney Plus. More people will yep. be able to watch this now. Yep, and they'll be like, "This movie is the bomb," Ugh. and everyone will be going around saying, "Howdy, howdy, 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 howdy," <laughs> and not just us. Pea soup. Pea, pea soup. It's gonna make a comeback. Oh, oh, so good. So delightful. Well, thanks for having me as a guest on this show. Yeah, thanks for coming. Maybe we'll have you back for Great Mouse Detective because that was another one we watched a uh, lot. way too many times. Yes. <laughs> and if we can figure out the biology behind Hercules, then we'll do that. Hercules. <laughs> yeah, that will do. We can talk about Pegasus. Sure. I mean, we could just switch it to being about the Greek myths instead of biology, but I know that's your whole thing. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Yes. Or we could talk we'll about... Get, we'll figure it out. You could come on and talk about the music in Hercules, because it's mm. amazing. It's very good. Oh, so good um yeah so thank you amanda for being our guest and thank you audience for listening to us ramble on about rescuers down under Mm -hmm. (laughs) i hope you go watch it and understand why we rambled about this so much and now disney plus is a thing so it's easy to find even if you don't have the puffy vhs um and if you do have disney plus please watch rescuers and let us know what it's about yes yeah (laughs) Um, we will be back in a couple weeks with mm-hmm. a very exciting episode. Yep. Do you remember? Or nope, are you just I'm being just cagey? being cagey. Uh, no, I don't okay. remember. <laughs> okay, so we are going on a different schedule for the next little while because it's Christmas and then we're taking a break. So uh, stay tuned for more scheduling announcements about that. But we are going, we'll be back on December 16th with the return of our Signs of Santa Claus episode. Ooh, yeah. Uh, with the Christmas Chronicles starring Kurt Russell. Ooh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I need to watch that again. So, yeah, if you want to subscribe to our podcast or learn more about what's going on or keep track of our um, upcoming schedule craziness, uh, you can follow us on social media at naturefindsapod or naturefindsapod.com. Thanks so much, and we'll see you in a few weeks. Bye. Bye. Bye.